Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. Welcome back to another episode of Mississippi Magic. First of all, shout out to all of you who've commented, liked, subscribed, whatever you do on your favorite podcast platform. Great comments like one who said they listened on a road trip and felt like it was a Mississippi arts entertainment uh, history class. And I thought that was great. And I thank you. This episode is called The Stormy Story of Icky and Ann. He was born Izier Luster, but along the way he picked up the nickname of Icky. She was named Anne. Maybe the best way to describe this love story is one like skydiving in the eye of a hurricane. Because the stormy story of Vicky and Anne was one where there may have never been a more talented couple who should have checked the forecast of the future before committing to the present. More in a moment on this edition of Mississippi Magic, made possible by our good friends at Defini Equipment. Well, don't look now. But the red buds are already waking up. Won't be long before that sleepy back 40 is out of hibernation and it's grass cutting time again and again and again. How about looking forward to the joy this year? Is that possible? It is. Sitting with comfort on a powerful and technologically advanced industry leader we call the Kubota Zero Turn More. Look, you won't find a better price, service, or financing anywhere in Mississippi, no matter where you are, than at Divinity Equipment. Now, even though the entire landscape looks orange when you pull up to the dealerships, names like Toro, Husvana, Bushhawk, Woods, Trail Boss, Land Pride, New Holland, and more, all there. Come by for a visit. Let's talk. For service and parts and rental and a great selection in stock. It's Divinity Equipment, Highway 51 North in Madison, Divinity Drive in Jackson. DiviniEquipment.com is easy to get to. So come on by for a bit of Mississippi magic with a Divinity deal. And now back to the stormy story of Icky and Ann. From the cotton fields to the front porch of Icky's shotgun home, he had a natural talent for music, mastering the piano and guitar as a child. When Dave was done, there was a pattern, a rhythm of music that tied it all together. That was the life of literally hundreds of thousands across the South for generations. But history notes there are a rare few whose talents and whose drive was such that it couldn't be contained, and they were bound to change the history of music. That was Icky, yet another son of a preacher man whose early life was fraught with anger and mistrust, which is possibly the reason he took that powder keg personality into adulthood and later into a relationship with Anne. According to his life story, when he was only five years old on one of the most horrible days of his tumultuous life, he witnessed his father beaten and left for dead. The reason was said to be retaliation for having an affair with a white woman. The beating from the mob was so severe, it left his father an invalid, existing in a tent in the yard of his home before the injuries finally were too much and he died less than three years later. Now, that's Icky's story, and I'll have to tell you that the youngster was quite creative. So says a noted journalist and blues historian who did a lot of research, his name Ted Drozdowski. 
And Ted's extensive research came to the ultimate conclusion that Icky's dad, who had other jobs beside being a preacher, actually died in an industrial accident. But the story itself tells you something about the trail that Icky was about to embark upon. Ultimately, his mom remarried a guy who Icky says was a violent alcoholic. The story goes that for something Icky did, he was given a pretty good whooping. Icky returned the favor by grabbing a board and rendering his stepdad unconscious for a while. The storm within this talented and troubled child continued to brew. He recounted when he was six years old, he remembered vividly walking past Miss Boozy's house. Now, Miss Boozy would call out to Icky to come feed her chickens. Then she would take the six-year-old to bed for sex. That seemed to Icky a pathway to adulthood because a bit later at 12 years old, the same thing happened with a middle-aged woman named Miss Rini. Um... The same ending results without the chickens. Fast forward, Icky quits school in the eighth grade, gets a job as an elevator operator in a hotel where there just so happens to be a radio station. Ultimately, Icky got his own show on that very radio station. And by now, he knew that music was a major influence that would guide his life. He formed a band called the Top Hatters, played a big band arrangement, while at the same time, hiding a secret even his band members Never knew. You see, Icky couldn't read a note of music. He did it all naturally by taking a record of the song home and listening to it over and over until he knew it by heart. Later, he broke away from the band following his heart and his love for not swing music, but boogie-woogie instead. The legendary B.B. King assisted him in using his influence, garnering a few gigs for Icky. Even later, setting up a meeting in Memphis with a guy named Sam Phillips in the early days of Sun Records, back when it was called the Memphis Recording Service. From there, it was the road of hard knocks, paying your dues every night, another juke joint or blues club. They all seemed to blend together, playing with or bumping into future legends. One coming, one going. Names like Howlin' Wolf and Buddy Waters. Then, in 1951, the Mississippi Magic kicked in. With a recording session in Memphis, Tennessee, Icky and his band did a song that music historians say to this day that if you were looking in the history books to identify the very first rock and roll song, this would be in the running for the very first one. The song reached number one on the Billboard R&B charts, and it stayed there for five weeks. Now, you would think that Icky found fame and fortune and maybe a bit of peace in this young life with the success of the song. It was just the opposite. Even though it sold over a half million copies, he and the band members were paid just $20 each for that song. The animosity for the industry broke the band apart and left Icky more disillusioned than ever. That said, he never gave up. He continued working as a session musician, contributing piano on several hits by legendary artists like B.B. King. As a young man, he mingled with the greats and even the greats-to-be. Story goes in one club he remembers, and I quote, This uh, white boy would keep coming over to the black clubs. He would just stand there behind the piano and watch me play. Hell, never knew he was no musician. End quote. Many years later, they bumped into each other at the International Hotel. The white kid, his name, Elvis Presley, asked him, hey, you remember me? And the answer was, sure do. Such was the amazing life of Icky, and it was about to get even more so. In 1957, Anne and her sister decided to attend one of Icky's appearances in East St. Louis. 
She had a special invitation since her sister was dating the drummer. So caught up in the rhythm, Anne asked if she could join in just for the heck of it on at least one song. She did. The band was so impressed with her talents that she was invited to join. This was the developing low pressure center that ultimately became the stormy story of Icky and Anne. A bit later, a music label paid him 20000 for a song that he'd written and Anne performed. It was on and upward from there. But Icky, with memories of his childhood never far behind, trusted no one. He changed her name and trademarked it. So if she ever left, he could insert another singer using the same name to take her place. Anne's song peaked at number two after selling a million copies. That came with monetary success and a proposal for marriage between Icky and Anne. As time went on, together they performed everywhere from the Ed Sullivan Show to the Grammy Awards. And Icky, being ever the entrepreneur, developed a state-of-the-art recording studio that had clients from Paul McCartney to Little Richard. It was a fast and furious life together for Icky and Ann. It all erupted in 1976. It came in the form of a violent confrontation. That was followed by a divorce. It took a while for the storm clouds to clear, including a stint in prison on a drug conviction charge for Icky. But after that, until his death in 2007 at the age of 76, he continued to blaze a trail, never venturing far from his hometown in Mississippi. Icky won five Grammy Awards. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Walk of Fame, the Blues Hall of Fame, and many, many others. This is the story of a kid from Clarksdale, the birthplace of the blues, named Easier Luster, and the love of his life, even though it was a turbulent one, named Anne. Anne Bullock. Of course, you know them not as Easier Luster Turner, but as Ike Turner. And not as Anne Bullock, but as the incredible Tina. Tina Turner. Ike, I want to read something from the May issue of Vanity Fair. It says, quote, Ike Turner struck Tina on a regular basis for 16 years, with everything from shoes to coat hangers, once putting a burning cigarette to her lips. Okay, okay, I can stop you. I know where you're going. Okay, with all of, with all of this, if, if you look at Tina, she said I broke her jaw bone. If I broke her jaw, no way is she going on stage. You admit that you have slapped Tina before, but why, Ike? She would be walking around looking sad, with, with, uh, uh, looking sad with a lip drop, and I keep asking her, and what, what is the matter with you? What's wrong? And it's always... <laughs> Nothing. It, uh, uh, and it would go on for a day or two till finally, why the f*** don't you... And, and then this is where I would slap her or something. Then she would change her mood or attitude or something. Let me tell you, I, I would say this. I would do no more to Tina, and I did no more to Tina than I would want somebody to do to my mother. Do you ever regret anything that happened between you and Tina? No, but I don't see why I should be put down on... Whatever I did for 18 years that we were together, man, it fed us, it slept us, it raised our kids, it put them through school, it did whatever we, whatever we did. And so I don't know how all of this could have been bad. But after all the talent and all the hit songs, history seems to remember the stormy love story of Icky and Ann. Even more than the legendary catalog of music, even more than what could be the very first rock and roll song ever recorded. A song that actually changed the very rhythm on the radio. The lobbies, you heard the noise they make, but let me introduce my new Rocket 88. Yes, it's great, just one way. Everybody likes And uh, if I might, a personal sidebar here, that legendary radio station that Ike Turner ultimately got a job in was the same one that I got started in and stayed with for 13 years. 
located on the second floor of the famous Alcazar Hotel in Clarksdale. The same hotel that Ike Turner started working in as an elevator operator. And by the way, the DJ that he shadowed until he gave him a chance for his very own program called Jive Till Five was a guy by the name of John Friskillo. The legendary WROX was also the home of a man I knew well from my years there, where I began as a young DJ and moved on later after serving as general manager. He was recognized as the first black DJ in the entire state of Mississippi, and maybe in the South, affectionately called the Soul Man. His name, Early Wright. There. Pleasant good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How do you do? This is your soul man to be with you until I get through. I want you to stand by and don't have no fear because this soul man is here. And oh, one more thing, one more important thing. When the day I arrived at WROX, I was taken aback by this beautiful, young, and talented blonde who was expertly solving the problems of programming and personalities. Took me a year to convince her to marry me. Now, over 50 years later, still thank God each day that she said yes. So what we've learned from even the stormy story of Icky and Ann, to a few years later to Paul and Patsy, we're all blessed in so many ways in our own individual stories to live in a state that rewards true commitment with a bit of Mississippi magic. Talk Mississippi Media Production.